Hello, all of you out there. It's time for another Movie Mastery. Why, here in Movie Mastery, what do we do? We watch the movies that you tell us to. And I am your host, John. And with me, my co-host, Jeff. That's right. Lord Jeff Esquire. Mm. Uh Uh-huh. I was recently lorded and esquired. Yes. Mm -hmm. I esquired your mom last night. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? I'm a lord. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) Accosting the mother of a lord. (laughs) The lord mother. I'll see you in prison in Tower Bridge. And then in Bridge Tower. And then in in Bridgerton. (laughs) Yes, you're going to be imprisoned on Bridgerton. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) You're going to be like, what is this? Oh, I don't want to watch this or be involved with it in some way, any way at all. (laughs) Boo, I'm on Netflix. I think that legally requires me to be transphobic now. (laughs) (laughs) I have to sign an agreement. Yeah. (laughs) They're like, what, you think Netflix is a joke? (laughs) Uh, now get that, get out there and punch at trans people. They've had it coming a while. That's right. That's what we love at Netflix. <laughs> Fuck you, Netflix. <laughs> I canceled. Oh, I I canceled even before that happened, and then I was like, nice, nice, good. <laughs> I did it. Just, yeah, I should be at least happy that you canceled for a good reason after all. Uh. So anyway, we watched the Karate Dog. Yeah. Or Karate Dog. I don't think there's a the. I don't think it's... Uh, it, I mean, there... <laughs> it's not the definitive Karate Dog. In all of the, like, online stuff, and anytime you look it up, it's just called Karate Dog. But when you watch the movie, it does say The Karate Dog as the title. <laughs> okay. So... <laughs> okay, sources differ. <laughs> yeah, but even, like... The cover of the, like, poster in the DVD just says Karate Dog. There's a DVD. Yeah, of course there's a DVD. Why didn't we get that? That would have been a good idea. No, wait. Hold on. (laughs) Wait a minute. Spoiler alert, or non-spoiler review spoiler alert. This movie's so bad I had to pause it and walk away like six times. Oh, well, if there's one movie with pause in it, (laughs) it's Karate Dog. Uh, To coin a dog pun, this movie was shit. Oh, I think it really sucked my ass. <laughs> uh, it's just a really bad movie. It's just bad. I feel, I mean, this is like probably the second to last Pat Morita film he ever made before mm. Big th- uh, Thunder or did he make High Noon at Thunder Mountain or whatever? Uh, uh, high Noon at uh, Three Ninjas Kickback, High Noon at Mega Mountain. Mega Mountain. Whatever. Actually, it's Three Ninjas, High Noon at Mega Mountain. Three Ninjas Kickback is the sequel. Yes. Yeah, and then the threequel is High Noon at Mega Mountain. Yes. Yeah, okay. And then the squeakquel. <laughs> he was not in the squeakquel. Uh, David Cross was in the squeakquel. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> but yeah, Pat Morita's at the beginning of this, and then uh, you've also got John Voight, which is always a mark of you're watching something that's direct to something. <laughs> Not oh. a theater. That's the only. You see that John Voight name, you know quality is elsewhere. God bless you, John Voight. <laughs> and then uh, it also stars Jamie Presley from My Name Is Earl and many direct to Cinemax skin flicks before that. I was I was gonna say another wonderful mark of quality when you see that Jamie Presley see on Jam- there. Yeah, she's either in My Name Is Earl or something called like Dangerous Intentions. She's in a lot of those. 
And then uh, the actual star of the film, uh, Simon Rex, who is recently having a big career resurgence thanks to Red Rocket. Uh-huh. Uh, but he was a, a guy right around Scary Movie 3. He, uh, he was a, a, a major name in that. So it's nice to see him coming back. But you can tell why he's gone, why he's been gone for so long, which is because they already had a Jason Biggs and they didn't need more of them. Yeah. And then right as Jason Biggs was starting to fade away and everyone was like, fuck you, Jason Biggs, you don't belong in Orange is the New Black. He was like, oh, can I get in there? And they're like, no, we already replaced Jason Biggs with a Jason Biggs alike called Andy Samberg. You have to wait for him to go, too. I mean, yeah, I was watching this and I'm like, <laughs> man, who is this guy? You kind of look like the fucking guy from I Should Leave. Oh, Nathan Robinson? Yeah. Uh, I think it kind of looks leave. like Nathan Robinson okay. with Andy Samberg's energy. Wow. I like, can, if yeah. you take those two and squish them together, that's Simon Rex. Yeah, I mean, Simon Rex is a good-looking dude. He's He was a model before he was an actor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. A penis model. Well, okay, yeah. Technically, he was in... There's a whole... When Red Rocket came out and he plays, like, a... a, a retired porn star or like goes back home to Texas and like bothers his family or something. I haven't seen it. I don't know what's going on in it. There was this whole kerfuffle on the internet that was like former porn star made good. And when, th- when I saw his name in this movie, I was like, you know what? I want to know what porn he was in. <laughs> you know what? So I looked it up and it turned out that he was a struggling actor hurting for money in Los Angeles, which is the starting story for every porno. Yeah. Um, and then he did two masturbation scenes alone. Two solo mat. Now it's in, they're in more than two films because that's how porn works. Once they got a, a scene of you, they'll repackage it a bunch of times. Yeah, obviously. But he did two of them uh, just to feed his kid. He had like a two year old, and then he got whisked off to Milan to be a model. <laughs> so all this stuff that like former porn star. I'm like, dude, I did more porn than this guy. <laughs> I've been in more porn than this guy just by walking around Calabasas. <laughs> You're friends with enough poly people. Eventually, you're in like five porns. <laughs> Eventually, porn just happens around you. <laughs> now, don't go looking for porn with us in it. You'll never find it. It isn't real. We're joking. <laughs> it hasn't happened. Yeah. Our writers made that one up. <laughs> Not a chance. <laughs> but, but, but yeah, I just found it very funny that he was like, former porn star. I was like, eh, I mean... I feel like the word star gets affixed to the, uh, the gets suffixed onto porn too often. Yeah. <laughs> porn partaker. Yeah, porn performer, yeah. maybe. Penis shower twice. <laughs> Way less than me. <laughs> yeah, you're always trying to get it out there. <laughs> I'm always a penis shower, yeah. <laughs> not a penis grower. <laughs> Damn it. I think this guy was in the uh, the Mickey Avalon My Dick video. Maybe. I'm like 100% sure of that. 104% sure. 104%. Mm-hmm. Hey, and it's also got uh, the oh, fat so guy get... from Varsity Blues. Yeah, uh, Ron Lester. Yep. Yeah, um, early early fat guy. who I, I Both of us spent the whole movie going, I know you. Where do I know you? What were you, Bulk and Mighty Morphin Power Rangers? Why do <laughs> I know you? I, you thought he was Bulk. I briefly thought he was Ethan Suplee. <laughs> Turns out we had the uh, met in the middle. It was the star of uh, of uh, Varsity Blue. Well, not really the star, but a star of Varsity Blue and the TV show Popular. Ron Lester. Yeah, and our good old tank girlfriend Lori Petty is the voice of Collar. Oh, oh, that's interesting to know. Collar <laughs> is like an AI. This is part of that era between 1990 and 2007 or so, where direct to TV movies and Disney direct to TV movies always featured the main character inventing a fully functional AI system and that not being the point of the movie. No. that's it And just, in fact, being a thing where people are like, that's dumb. Yeah. It happens in so many of those that era of movies where they're like, yeah, I invented this AI system that talks to me and it's my girlfriend. Anyway, this movie's about a dog. 
I mean, to be fair, it is about a dog that talks and does karate. So, you know, of the two, you'll probably pay attention to one of them more. I would definitely pay attention to the AI one more. It's more scary. (laughs) Well, especially given that he's like, hey, can you just hack into a security system? Mm -hmm. Yep. If you're looking for the other star of the film, it's the voice of the dog. One Mr. Cheverson Chase. Yeah, good old... Chevy Chase says Chocho the Cho- dog. Chocho the dog. And he is turning in an Eric Roberts in a talking cat level performance. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, I've never met any of the other people on this set. I walked into a building one day to mm-hmm. record, and I just sort of went boop, boop, and a doop, doo into a microphone for about three hours, and they took that and ran. You're like, how do we end this movie? Hey, Chevy, sing any song you know. And yeah, just, all right. All right, sure. <laughs> Not too expensive on the rights, please. No Beatles. <laughs> Big bopper it is. <laughs> you got it. I'm pretty sure that Chantilly Lace goes for a song. Uh, you have to sing it. You have to sing Chantilly Lace yeah, and then to you get, get the it. rights for the Chantilly. And then you yeah. have the rights to it. That's how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Anyone currently singing it has the rights to it. <laughs> Anyone who is currently singing Chantilly Lace legally becomes the Big Bopper until the song is over. <laughs> it's true. It's a weird part of his will. Anyway, uh, we're going to get into the spoilers of this, but yeah, as Jeff said, it's real bad. It has big a talking cat levels of energy. It's got a more like distinguished provenance. Like a talking cat, pretty much only had Eric Roberts in it, and only over the phone. So this has like celebrities and stuff, and it was on like ABC as a as a t- direct. Yeah, TV it, was a, movie. it was a TV movie, I think. But, first. but uh, it is atrocious. Yeah, it's real bad, real dumb, and real dumb and bad. Yeah. So, see you on the other side. Yep, we'll be right back with our full spoiler review of a talking dog. I mean, karate dog. <laughs> a talking karate dog? A dog that does karate? To at me? Hong Kong Fooey, number one super guy. Hong Kong Fooey, click it in the human eye. Oh, he's got style, a groovy smile. I find it just won't stop. And we're back. It's time to uh, talk about the old karate dog. Yeah, everyone knows the old karate dog. You know, every every uh, autumn, we all like to return home to our parents' farms, snuggle in close near the fire, watch the leaves change, and when we do so, we talk about karate dog, like the old days. That's right. Pepperidge Farm remembers. We get out the old book of memories, mm-hmm. and we start scrapbooking about the karate dog. Every morning we wake up, crack a dawn, right around 5 a.m., go outside and start open palm slapping the VHS of karate dog. Actually, there's no way this guy Not VHS. into a VCR. We just open <laughs> just palm slap it. slap it. It's hanging from a string in the garage. <laughs> we ceremonially cut off its ears and dance around it stuck in the middle with you. Every Every autumn. Every autumn. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Pat Morita, beginning of this movie, hmm. thankfully manages to get out pretty quick. Yeah, he's only in it for a few minutes. He's uh, he's shuffling around his, his old house, which is also a, a dojo, and uh, reminiscing about the old days, and also holding pretty much the prop from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles' Secret of the Ooze. I was going to say, we actually start where he breaks into some place oh, okay yeah he yeah. like punches a security door and walks in and comes out with the secret of views he literally has yeah the guy from who's that uh, the guy who's the scientist in the secret of the use i don't know man 
He's also the MCP in Tron. He's an important guy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he, David Warner. David Warner. Yeah. Can you be real mad about that ooze missing? Yeah. David Warner's real sad that Pat Morita took his ooze. Yeah. So he's got this secret of the ooze canister, and he's just walking around his house being like, oh, Cho-Cho. You know, just telling him about the old days. Ah, uh, yes. My best student. Yeah. Uh, it, he has, As we'll learn over the movie, he has two students that matter. Uh, and uh, one of them is Cho-Cho, a, a dog. Yep, and the other one is John Voight. John Voight, yep. A dog. <laughs> he took on two students, a dog and John Voight, who was older than him. <laughs> and this couldn't have happened that long ago because he's not that old of a dog. Nope. Dogs don't live that long. I wonder if this movie remembered that or not. <laughs> well, Pepper Farm remembered. <laughs> so so anyway, uh, I don't even know what kind of dog he's supposed to be. He's just like a mutt dog. He's just some dog. He's just a good old mutt dog. And he's voiced by Chevy Chase, and to the movie's credit, he starts talking right the fuck away. We don't waste any time on that. And also, I would say 50% of the time appears to be the the uh, the uh, ratio for how often they bother animating his face. Yeah. There's... In this opening scene, they don't do it at all. No, and that's why when they started doing it later, I was like, hey, wait a minute, you didn't do that. <laughs> when it first started, it was just like, well, I'm talking, I'm doing stuff. And I was like, oh, it's going to be like a... Like a look who's talking type thing where Chevy Chase is the voice. Yeah. He's but like, it's just, it's you know, no one can hear him. He's Garfielding. Yeah. yeah. But, but no, instead, instead, he, uh, as far as I can tell, it's, they do the lip mo motion animation when dogs are talking to each other, but not when dogs are talking to people. No, they do it. It's, he's, yeah, it's true. You're right. They kind of, it, it, cause it was most prominent when, when Chocho was walking around the dog kennel talking to all the whippets or blood, uh, the hounds, then they were all like using real bad mouth CGI. <laughs> Yeah, but when he's just sitting there talking to uh, our main character when he first, like, goes to his house, it's also very prominent. Right. They do do it there, too. Uh, but yeah, he's talking to Chocho, and Chocho's like, Master, no, you can't say oh, that. Oh, don't lock me in here. I need to protect you. Because the first thing, the first thing that happens is he, he climbs on him, and he's like, hey, boss, who's that? Is that a guy? And he's like, Chocho, don't talk. Your voice is a gift. You should save it. Yeah, only talk to people who are looking for the truth. Your voice is a gift. You should save it. Is a real arch way to tell someone to shut the fuck up. By the way, I am putting that in the in the Rolodex. <laughs> just someone talking too much, and you just put a hand on either side, side of their, their face. face. Yeah. And you're like, your voice is a gift. Please use it sparingly. Yes, exactly. That's like a Willy Wonka thing to say. <laughs> like, like specifically a Gene Wilder Willy Wonka. Yeah, one hundred percent is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so anyway. Then he hears noises downstairs, and Marita's like, well, I must go off to confront that. Obviously, that's the person who's come to take back the secret of the ooze that I stole from that Ninja Turtle facility. Yeah. Um, and then he locks Cho-Cho in the attic to go down there. And when he goes down there, it's three regular thugs and a mask thug. Yeah, and the mask thug has a little button he can press on the side of his mask that turns him into a robot voice guy uh, yeah it's it's a voice disguiser he's yeah. got a little buzz thing so he can sound funny when he talks and that's so that you'll never guess that he's obviously john voight yeah the other reason you wouldn't guess he's john voight is because he has like a foot and a half on john voight <laughs> and is way skinnier oh <laughs> uh, and the <sighs> the saddest thing about this is of course they're like all right and then pat marita will get into a fight with all of these like invading ninjas except no he definitely won't because pat marita is on the verge of death so yeah he will man. like show him do like a move and pose and then a very obviously different built stunt man will like kick a guy yeah so there's a little fight 
and it ends when the mask villain does a hurricane kick uh, and kicks Pat Morita down. He's still alive for the moment, but he's dying. And then Chocho comes in, and then we see the movie's biggest dollar expenditure beyond just having Chevy Chase on the cast, which is that this dog turns into a CGI dog and does standing on hind legs karate for a couple of shots. Oh, yeah. It is. It's like very, very cheaper than Marmaduke is the thing that I was looking at there. I was like, (laughs) I'm getting some big Marmaduke vibes, but also like just Marmaduke vibes are big. He's too big of a dog for that chair. (laughs) Marmaduke, these vibes are way too big. (laughs) Marmaduke, quit drawing attention to us. People will realize I'm Hitler. (laughs) Hey, that's a spoiler for later. Uh, but yeah, no, he comes out. We get a little CG animated dog. That's so stupid. Basically, (sighs) this is like all movies from around 2004, a matrix parody. And so, uh, it's a mate. So he does a lot of like, I know Kung Fu hand jutsus, but we're saving the meat of the matrix parody for the finale of the film. So obviously this is just the beginning of a matrix parody. Uh, as he does, they do a couple of freeze frame spin kicks and so on in this scene as he kicks uh, thugs into the fire. So they go, oh, my butt is aflame. Oh, fire on my butt. Mm. And uh, eventually the dog manages to bite the big villain, but he shakes him off, gets the ooze and gets away. Yeah, which I think is one of the more hilarious things to me because <laughs> he gets bit and then is just kind of like, hey. And then just takes the ooze and walks away. Uh-huh. Like there's not even really a big fight between them. He's just like. Ow. Yeah, there's a, yeah, they open with a little bit of a skirmish between the two of them, but it barely matters. They just sort of can't quite kick each other. And then uh, Marita, in his dying wishes, calls the dog over and is like, listen, Chocho, you have to save your voice. Don't don't talk. Seriously, just shut up a little. Just, just stop. <laughs> you sound like Chevy Chase, and I hate it. Why did I teach you to talk? <laughs> no, he's really just like, you must save your voice for someone who only speaks and seeks for truth. Yeah, seek someone who seeks truth and then share your gift with them, your precious flower open to them. I'm returning to you now, the ring from our father dog dance. <laughs> um. So anyway, now it's a crime scene and here comes some cops. And for some reason, there's a bunch of like, you know, cop cars around here, but Detective Fowler, our main character, shows up in his like hot rod sports car but is not a cool guy, and so the shorthand of this is a cool guy, not used correctly here in film, because he shows up and he's just like, hey, I'm here to use a computer, and for some reason, he is a detective, but the other detectives are like, fuck you, nerd, stupid nerd, stupid computer nerd, what do you got evidence, dickhead, what do you got, some kind of computer that'll solve crimes, what a dumb bullshit nerd thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's like very clear that the other two cops, one of whom, by the way, is Thomas Kretschmann, uh, a a minor actor who who, uh, I recognized because he was Baron Von Strucker in the uh, the, the two appearances he had in the MCU, (laughs) Uh, but he's been in a lot of shit. Um, and he is one of those, he's like a German dude who occasionally does American acting and is most well known for always doing his own dubbing into German. Huh. It's just a little extra cash. All right. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, these two cops are like, they're just bullies and it's like, why are they bullies to this other cop? This doesn't, maybe it's cause 2004 and we hadn't really formed an idea of what cops are like yet. So we were just like, it's so weird. Yeah. Cause you're like, at first I thought he was just a CSI guy cause he had the whole case and I thought it was like, oh, this is like. Prince an analyst and, and not a cop. Yeah. And so 
I was like, huh, why would you be bullying the dude who's an analyst? Like, hey, nerd. You're like, dude, you work with this guy. But then when he's a detective, I'm like, hold on. This makes even less sense. Yeah. I think he outranks them. I think they're just beat cops and he's a detective. No, I think they're all detectives. Okay. But yeah, like Jamie Presley is there too. Now she As is a beat cop. She is a beat cop, and she shows up with just a random bag. She just shows, like a little white bag, and she's like, "Hi, I found this bag of evidence. I've got evidence here. <laughs> it says evidence on the side. No mention of what it is at all, ever. No. And and uh, <laughs> our main character Fowler Simon Rex is like, "Oh, thank you. I can put that into the computer." And one of the other cops just grabs it. And is like, "I'll hold on to that, nerd." I'm like, what are you? What? And of course, when he opens it up, it's not just like. Oh, I've got a computer and, it, you know, I put some information into it. He has, as mentioned before, developed an entire AI system that he can put evidence into and it will solve crimes for him. Yes. And its name is Collar and it's voiced by Lori Petty and doesn't have a lot of lines, but it's got a lot of like, hello, Smithers, you're quite good at turning me on type lines. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny because as the movie goes on, Collar becomes less AI and more just Lori Petty. Yes. <laughs> because when it starts, it's like, thank you, please give me your information. And then by the time it gets to the end of the film, she's just like, hey, sweet cheeks, why don't you tell me what you want me to do? Yeah. All right, going and doing that. Hey, sweet cheeks, weren't you supposed to be investigating uh, John Voight right now? That kind of thing where it's like, what are you, are, are, are we, uh, it's very much in that state, like Disney and uh, Disney movies are always all about that. They're like, oh, also there's an AI system that's like fully cognizant and can create holograms of itself and oh yeah and if that's not the point of the movie the point of the movie is that this house is wacky oh no for sure you're like what's this oh it's a fun high, wacky high school hijinks one of the characters built a sentient robot no one comments on it you're like <laughs> hold on wait <laughs> go back at least on star trek there were episodes where people were like i want to take data apart <laughs> that dude weird yeah anyway um yeah, so they steal his evidence. They're all kinds of mean to him, and he turns on Collar and it's his his crime computer that's like analyzing for everyone who could have possibly done this. No suspects detected. Please insert evidence. Oh no, nerd protocols detected again. You know, and then right before any confrontation between them can really break out, three bumbling dog catchers come in, and they're like. So dog, the, there's only one dog catcher in this movie with lines. He just has well, yeah. a couple of extras there's with him. There's the main dog catcher. The main dog catcher is a cartoon dog catcher. He's <sighs> He became a dog catcher because he hates dogs yes. and wants to murder them. And this is, I, I've always felt like dog catcher gets the worst rap of all jobs there are in children's entertainment. When you watch children's entertainment, like if you grow up on just a diet of children's entertainment, you think dog catchers are like, the worst. You're like, why do we have that job? We should just stop. All they want to do is kill friendly dogs that can talk and dance. <laughs> These dogs who just want to protect me from evil bad guys. And then this dog cutter comes along and puts them in jail. I remember we fucking computer war tennis shoes or whatever the fuck we watched. The shaggy DA where that guy was like calling the governor for permission to kill a dog early. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For some reason, dog catchers and everything are like, Oh, I just love killing dogs. And this is no different where mm -hmm. he's like, I'm going to give this dog some TLG. Don't you mean TLC? Nope. Tag him, lock him up and gas him. <laughs> wow. Okay. Yeah. This dog, they don't check for next of kin on this guy or anything. They're just like, okay, well, step one, identify a crime has been committed. Step two, kill the victim's dog. <laughs> yeah. 
we won't need this for anything, and there's no reason we should check if it should go to someone. We're just going to take this dog and murder it. <laughs> it's just like uh, the, the, the uh, common joke that uh, if you only watch kids' TV, you're prepared for a life where quicksand is a legitimate yes. concern. It's the same thing. If you only watch children's TV, you're like... I never hope I meet a dog catcher. Yeah, if a dog catcher finds a dog, regardless of if it is owned or not, that dog catcher will attempt to kill that dog. A dog catcher in a TV show will try and take a dog out of your hands, off the leash, take its collar off, and just be like, I'm going to disappear this fucking dog. (laughs) I am the secret police of dogs. One less dog on the streets. But, you know, this is a karate dog, so he manages to, like, trip the guy and get away and runs out. And at this point... (laughs) I guess Fowler, our main hero, has decided he has had enough of being called a nerd and leaves the crime scene he's supposed to be investigating after being there for about a minute. Mm-hmm. He just t- packs up collar and goes. Yep. He's I mean, it's not like it matters. Even if he stayed on, they just keep taking all the insurance away and like telling him there's insurance on his sh- or evidence on his shirt. When he looks down, they flip him in the nose. <laughs> it's just going to be that. It's weird that he would even show up. Yeah. Honestly, like... I don't feel like you would have more than two detectives show up and to have some third guy just be like, ah, oh, I see you are already handling this crime scene. Why don't I dick around here? The whole thing is that he should be a desk detective by now. You know, like, oh, I don't want to do field work. I invented a super AI that lets me catch criminals without doing field work. You should honestly just be having people go out there, bring evidence back. I put it in my supercomputer and then I go, here's the most likely suspects. Yeah, but that wouldn't work for the movie. What works for the movie is that he owns a cool convertible so that the the cool dog will want to hide in the cool convertible. Yeah, and that night while going to sleep, he hears a voice. The voice of Chevy Chase. And this, of course, like any right-thinking person, freaks him out immediately. Fuck, Chevy Chase is in my house. Oh, shit, I'm baseball bat. (laughs) He's going to be mean to me. (laughs) I won't tell what's biting commentary and what's direct insults. (laughs) So, yeah, he's like, oh, oh, you're that dog from the crime scene. What are you doing here? And he's like, I can talk and I'm here to talk to you. I'm Chevy Chase. You got to find a guy you killed. My master, he was my only, he was my best, good, only friend, my master, he was wonderful, and you, you're the only person there who wanted the truth. A talking dog? Yeah, yeah, I've been talking for about two minutes now. You must be some kind of advanced animatronic or AI hologram. All right, well. I like the part where he's like, you've got to be some sort of advanced AI, and I'm like, well, at least that's a reasonable assumption, because this is a universe where a cop will build an advanced AI in his spare time. Yeah. But he's, you know, goes to poke him with a bat and the dog bats it away. And after that is when he goes, you must be a hologram. I'm like, that's not how that works. Yeah, but he, uh, he's like, uh, OK, well, fine. Let's assume the premise that you are a dog that can talk. What do you want? Why are you here? And he's like, because the only person in the world that mattered to me is dead. And I saw the guy who did it. And everyone I... else there was just going to uh, like try and kill me. Well, no, they were like, oh, they all just said this was a robbery gone wrong. Mm-hmm. We're not going to look into it. Like, open and shut, we're done. You were the only person who was looking for more to it. Yeah. So. And then he's like, well, I can't help you. Uh, what do you want me to do? And he's like, buddy, listen, you got to save me. You got to help me on this one. That guy was the only guy who mattered to me in the world. This is a desperate plea I'm making to you right now coming out. You got to help. I'm begging you to help me. Uh, very, very serious. Very maudlin. And Fowler's like, okay, I'll help you. 
And then we just smash cut to the next morning. And he's like, hey, I'm wearing your robe and brushing your teeth. And I shit in your sink. And I'm a dog. Bark, bark, bark. Let me get in your car and sing along with the music. And I'm like, aren't you supposed to be fucking sad? No. Because like everything, he's like, my master has been killed. And I must swear to find justice for him. Please help me avenge the only person I loved. Anyway, boodle doot doodle bop. Yeah, the movie is in such a hurry to get to the most generic possible talking dog daytime TV movie gags that it's like, oh, let's set up some pathos. Then we'll just have him scat over a microphone. Yeah, which I assume is just we had Chevy Chase in a room recording and in between reading lines, he was just making noises and we went, (laughs) yep. Everything goes in. Use all of it. I mean, there's a scene later where he's getting shoved into an air duct for like a, a Mission Impossible gag. And while he, while Fowler is trying to push this dog up over his head to get him into the air duct, they do, in a row, without pausing for breath, six different variations on the same you're touching my balls joke. Yep. They're just, oh, he's just like, whoa, whoa, as far as you're concerned, I'm neutered. Hey, watch out for the family jewels. Oh, you're cupping my balls there, buddy. You're touching my testicles with your hands. You're just like, I, I, do you think like he was, you know, just, they just told him, hey, riff on, on, uh, you're a dog and someone's got their hands on your nuts. And he was like, oh, yeah, so you can pick the good one, right? And, and, and they're they were just, like, they're, just, uh, they're sure. just looking silently. So you could pick the good one, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. It's not that the qualities like in a talking cat, the quality of Eric Roberts coming in was very much. I'm on a telephone with a sandwich in my mouth. Yeah. But this is like, oh, it's slightly higher quality. You can tell he's in a recording studio somewhere. But But boy, does it tell that he is basically phoning it in. He is equally bored as Eric Roberts was in a talking cat. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm Chocho the dog and I am a dog and I... Hey, how are you, honey? We're gonna talk about stuff? All right. Hey, you know, I don't like cats. (laughs) He has a lot of don't like cats. But yeah, basically, from here to the ending, if you've ever seen a joke in a talking animal, you know, oh, it's a surprise. you seen Look Who's Talking Now? Yeah, if you've seen A Talking Cat, if you've seen Shaggy D.A., if you've seen any movie where a dog can talk or a cat can talk and surprises its owner with that information and then gags ensue, you've seen every single one of the gags in this movie. Yeah. There's, of course, uh, in the one scene in the shop before Fowler leaves, he, of course, establishes rapport with Jamie Presley and she's like, ooh, I like you. You're a nerd. I'm into that. Jamie Presley clearly wants to fuck our main character. Oh yeah, uh, from from the jump, and that's going to be a setup for comedy later. And every time she, every time they meet, she's just like, "Oh, it's you, Fowler. Hi, I want you in my vagina." And he's like, "Yeah, it's nice to see you too. How are you?" It's uh, it's uh, uh, we seem to keep running into each other. And she's like, "Yeah, that's because I'm trying to fuck you with my parts on your parts. We should have sex." And he's like, "He's like a girl. Oh well, anyway, uh, nice to meet you. I'll talk to you later." And you know. When Chocho is like, hey, why don't you uh, try and go out with that girl who clearly wants to jump you? And he's like, I couldn't possibly. Girls would find out that I'm a nerd and then they would hate me. You're like, <laughs> what? His confu- his character is very confusing. He's a he's an extremely handsome fellow who has a, a nice high paying cop job, which would be an off put to a lot of people. No getting around it, but not to another cop. Yeah. And the thing is, he's like, oh, I'll say something stupid and then she'll leave. And I go. It has not been established in any scene in any point of this movie that you're like you constantly bumbling or anything. Yeah, there's no point where he's a bumbling idiot ever. No, there and there's no point where he's like 
stammering or bad in like social situations even when they're calling him a nerd he's like shut up man i made an ai yeah he's like, like he's confident this is a weird thing and every time he talks to her he's fine so it's weird it's just a setup so they can do a fucking uh cyrano de bergerac bit with a dog talking into an earpiece for him yeah leading to one of the most classic cyrano de bergerac bits which is that this guy will say anything that comes over that microphone even if it's like random dog howls yeah I was like, oh, I really think you look pretty, and I want to pee on a fire hydrant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's even better when he, like, questions it, like, visually questions it. Like, you'll see him kind of go, eh, with his face, you know, oh, should I say that? And they'll, he'll turn around and be like, I think you're a real hot poodle dog. You're like, you thought about it. You thought about it before you, you heard said- that. You thought it over and decided, yeah, <laughs> that's what I want. I sure hope you're an estrus. Why would you you know what that is? (laughs) Luckily for him, Jamie Presley is very clearly an estrus. It's the scene where they go to dinner and we get the Cyrano thing. It's just Jamie Presley being like, honey, I want to fuck you, but you need to shut up. Look, your voice is precious. <laughs> Pull the side puts on the red top hat. <laughs> if you want to view paradise, simply shut up and do it. <laughs> I'm a dog man. She's like, oh my God, I am trying so hard to bang you. <laughs> and eventually he's like, all right, I got to go. And then when she gets in her car and starts leaving and he runs out in front of him and is like, Hey, sorry for being weird, but I I do kind of want to bang you. She's like, finally, Jesus. I like that she just immediately calls him out for Cyrano de Bergeracking. She reaches over and pulls the earpiece out of his ear, and she's just like, I don't know who this was, but you should fire them. Anyway, you want to go have sex? I mean, she says you want to go talk. Yeah, you want to go back to your place and talk into my vagina? (laughs) Uh, but the point where she pulls the earpiece out and she's just like, this is dumb. Don't do this. Stop. Doing anyway, that. everything it, you're still clear to land though. <laughs> of course, by the time they get back to his place, there's a big party going on because Chocho decided to invite a ton of neighborhood dogs over. <laughs> it's true. Before we get to that though, we should probably talk about the scene where, uh, Chocho blackmails his way into going to the police station with uh with our our main character uh he's like hey if you don't take me with you i'll shit all over your stuff and pee in your sink and rub rub my nuts on your food yeah and he finally goes with him and then he does that we get a whole hello my baby routine yeah we get the whole fucking frog thing where it's like all right now i'm gonna go get them and then you're gonna tell them what you told me all right oh come on chocho talk talk chocho Roof. now there's a police chief that who's half a classic like my god i need an antacid type police chief and half like his friend in the beginning because he's like hey i just wanted to let you know that your collar invention is gonna be bought by the whole department uh you're gonna be in charge of it and i'll be in charge of you and everything's fine but we set up like the most cliche thing for him where he's throwing darts at a picture of a lady on a dartboard my (laughs) ex-wife is that a a crime chief you want to catch boss it's my ex-wife who got my house 
Um, but yeah, now after the police chief Michigan J frog routine, he's like, I hate that cop as well. All cops hate that cop unless they want to fuck that cop. Yeah. It took one weird mistake of him bringing a dog in and pretending to talk to it. And now his picture is on my dartboard that I will throw darts at instead of my ex-wife. Yes. Which is weird. Yeah, now this is, it was stupid of Fowler to do this because the dog was very clear. He was like, look, I will only talk to you. Do not try to get me to talk to other people. Yeah. Uh, and he did, and he got, he got burned for it. Okay, now, uh, skip, we can skip ahead. I just want to get, the other thing that also introduces is that um, Chocho will spend the movie thinking he counts as a cop. Yeah. So that's well, just another whatever. thing. Because he's going to tell us he's like working undercover. Yeah. Um, there's We also skip the scene where we first go to the dog kennel. Yeah, they, the kennel they go to the... Uh, this kennel club, which sets up John Voight as a rich millionaire businessman who uh, dresses owned, like a Chinese guy. Well, but... he was like orphaned, but grew up in Japan uh-huh. and then came to America, made his fortune, but then also made a racetrack and then made millions somehow betting at his own racetrack, which I don't really understand. You'd think you would just get that money anyway. He also made millions in the biotech industry, which is his number one thing that he's yeah. a big part of. Well, he has two kids. One is a scientist and one is the fat guy from Varsity Blues. Who was only here to do fat guy humor. Yep. Um, We don't, we don't see much of it here, but he, they gave him an awful bowl cut. And it turns out that Ron Lester has kind of a rectangle head, so he's got like this square bowl cut that looks very silly. Um. Uh. But yeah, we, we meet John Void, who has a little time. It's funny because the whole thing is like, I was raised in Japan and trained in karate by Pat Morita, but also I will dress like a Chinese guy this entire movie. Yeah. Uh, but, not but a Japanese also, guy. I was trained by Steven Seagal on how to wear clothes. And how to keep a ponytail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and he talks like a billionaire Western industrialist. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> like a cowboy. He has turned into Foghorn Leghorn. Yes. He's just like. Well, uh, all right, officer, uh, I see you, uh, want to ask me a question, uh. Yeah, he uses, uh, as a crutch in this a lot. But, um, so anyway, while that's happening, while he's, like, talking to Fowler, they leave the dog, the uh, Chocho, in the kennel, and he, like, investigates a couple of the, uh, like, greyhounds in the racetrack. Yeah. One of them clearly wants to bone him. Oh, yeah, one of the other ones is like, hey, why don't you come up and see me sometime? I'm about to have a... Uh, sponge bath. Why don't you come over? And I'm like, all right, uh, I get why it. Why do they always put movie impressions in these stupid talking dog things? Yeah, but it's like, oh, yeah, this one dog who just won the last race, she used to be super nice, but also kind of slow. But, oh, they started feeding her something, and now she's super fast, but also aggressive. Yeah, she speaks entirely in barks, which feels weird, because I would have figured that barks are dog talk. But when like he tries to talk to her, he's like, hey, your name is Southern Beauty. What's your situation? And she's like, bark, bark, bark. You know, like real dog barks. And he's like, whoa, what's going on with you? And I'm like, well, please, movie, tell us what that what that meant. Because because <laughs> dog barking is talk. Because the thing is, as will immediately be thrown to the side in the party scene, when uh, Chocho was initially talking to Fowler, he's like, look, uh, my old master, uh, Chin Lee, was a Zen master who willed me to be able to talk and then taught me English and karate. Mm -hmm. And so normally, you know, dogs speak dog and horses speak horse and, you know, humans speak human. But I was able to learn to speak human because my master taught me. But then it's a karate thing. You can learn if you're if you can teach a dog karate, you can teach a dog to talk. That's just then you can dodge a ball. You can dodge a wrench. You can you can speak dog. 
And in the party scene, he shows up and Fowler immediately looks at a Doberman that is in a jacuzzi with two, like, miniature poodles and is like, hey, Mr. Doberman, your wife called and the puppies have been crying all night. And the dog responds and is like, oh, come on, babies. My wife knows about this. And I'm like, okay. So either (laughs) Mm -hmm. all dogs know English but can only speak dog or everyone speaks English and we just forgot that rule. I'm going to go with all dogs know English but they don't know how to speak English. And the reason I'm going to go with that is because all the dogs know what their human names are. Like Southern Beauty, the the Greyhound knows her name is Southern Beauty. And I mean, at least that makes some sense because, Mm -hmm. you know, even if you're talking about a regular real life dog, they know what you call them and what their name basically is. Sure, that's fair. I mean, my estimation is that this movie works on zookeeper rules. You know the movie The Zookeeper? You know the movie We Bought a Zoo? You probably have not seen The Zookeeper because it sucks. It's a Kevin James movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Why, I'm why not you... walk, watching a Kevin James movie. Um, but in that movie, the, the way the, the rules work is all animals can talk to each other and all animals can talk to humans. They just choose not to because they think humans are annoying. Yeah. And now, again, in this, we also establish that it's not just dog speak dog because there's the point where he goes into the kennel or the uh, the dog catcher finally gets him and he talks to a cat and a cat talks to him. Oh, that that's, that exchange, by the way, where he's like, shut up, you cat. I'll, I'll bite you good. And she's like, here's a recipe. Hush, puppy. Yeah. And you're just like, that that's is... not a recipe. That's the name of a thing you could make. <laughs> I'm sure you worked real long and hard on that one. Whatever screenwriter did this. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Chocho's thrown a huge party for every dog in town at his house. And they're all doing human stuff. And I don't know why. Like, you don't see, like, in the rest of this movie, you don't really see when dogs are left alone that they all, like, start standing on their hind legs. And No, this isn't the secret life of pets or anything. Yeah. It's supposed to be like, oh, yeah, Chocho is very unique in that, you know, he was taught how to speak and do karate. But the second Chocho interacts with something, it's like he has a virus. Yeah. And he hands it out to any dog he meets. And they're immediately like... Well, I've just met this dog, and now I know how to play the violin. Time to put on human clothes and pretend I'm a DJ. Yeah, it's very weird. Yeah. um, And it's especially weird when Fowler gets home, and they all keep doing it. Yes. Because you're like, oh, you would think that even if they did do this, it would be like a Toy Story thing where they have to stop immediately when a human shows up, but instead they're all just like, hey, 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 I'm so high right now. Yeah, there's like a chihuahua that floats past him on balloons wearing a tutu, and it's like... It actually has the, the Mexican accent. Luckily, it only gets like one line. It's yeah, it just says, I'm so high right now. <laughs> he just goes, hello, I am so high right now. And you're like, oh, come on. Why has he got a Mexican accent? What is happening here? Why would That's an American chihuahua. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you do that? Uh, but then he like gets mad and orders all the dogs out of the house. And at this point, I'm still thinking, I'm still grumpy because I'm like, how come Chocho isn't sad? But this one actually gets answered. Because once he finishes kicking everybody but Chocho out of the house, Chocho's like, hey, you really thought that was a party? I'm working undercover. I invited all the dogs in town so I could ask them if they knew anything. I'm like, first of all, that is a terrible way to work undercover, to just invite everybody, every single person in town. Yeah, (laughs) I'm undercover. So I invited every single person near me and asked them about what's going on at a dog track that they've never been to. (laughs) But it turns out he has information that he probably should have already had which is that uh, someone's feeding some of the, the kennel dogs something special in their food that makes them mad and stupid. Yeah, and uh, at this point, we also get Fowler being like, oh, 
I scanned the door, which has like a credit or not a credit card, like an ID card scanner. Yeah, he uses his phone because he's like, I hacked my the phone yeah. so I can hack their password system. But he's like, oh, I I got into their system through that, and so I could see uh, when people come and go. And when I was talking to Voight, he said that you know uh, Chin Lee left at noon, and then he didn't see him again. But this shows that he came back at some point uh, that evening and then left again. So, um, something's going on. Yeah, so the two of them are starting to piece together that something's going on. Meanwhile, we cut to John Voight doing karate in a dojo with uh, some... Some guy. Some bald trainer guy who is... Who gets some stupid business, even though he's a minor character, it's fine. So he's kicking boards in half, because that's the shorthand for karate. The easiest shorthand for karate. Yep. This guy just keeps holding up boards, and they just keep getting punched and kicked in half. Like, that's all karate is. Yep, that's all karate is. And, of course, another wonderful stuntman replacing John Voight for all of those. Mm -hmm. And then his son comes in, his big old Ron Lester son, who's like, like, Father, I placed a lot of bets on dogs, and they won, and I made us money. And, uh, and again, I'm like, you own that place, though. You didn't make any money. You took your own money. Yeah, you're paying it out from yourself. I don't understand what you... I mean, I guess, because... I mean, that means he gets a portion of the winnings, which means every, everyone else's payout is slightly smaller. Which... I mean, I even then, he's like, oh, we're betting on 20 to 1 shots with huge things so that I make a lot of money. But I'm just... I keep going... It's all your bank. If, if you're the one taking the money out of your own company, all you've done is take money from your company to put into your own pocket. You just walked up to your dad and said, hey, I embezzled, kind of. You are the house. You you already always win. Yeah, if a dude who owns a casino goes down and is like, ha ha, I won $5,000 at Blackjack, you're like, you already have that money. That didn't matter. <laughs> And this isn't even like a thing where, like a casino where there's like multiple shareholders and owners and so on. This is a dog track that is a wholly owned thing. Yeah, he of John bought Voight. and built this. This is all him. So he's just he's just masturbating with cash. Is this is this Ron Lester's character? But even that's not good enough for Voight because Voight's like, you idiot! I already told you I don't care about making money from dog racing anymore. We're perfecting the human genome, and that's what it's all about. Yeah, lot ninety nine. We're gonna make. The world different with this. And then he walks out, and now it's just uh, Edward, his son, and this karate instructor. And Edward goes into a rant, which is supposed to just be like, look at the fat guy flailing around in yeah, a suit. Yeah, he's like, oh, my dad thinks he's so cool doing karate. And they're like, ha, we're going to have a fat guy try and do, like, karate moves. Yeah, so he's doing like, hi which looks all silly because he's in a buttoned-up suit. And then he, he makes a dumb dumbass out of himself, then realizes that the karate instructor is still in the room. Uh, who responds by picking up more boards. Yeah, picks up two boards. And then just goes, Wah! and breaks them with his head. And and the looks son at is, him. And the son is just like, well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Yeah, it's not even like, oh, I did that and I'm intimidating to you, or even saying like, don't talk shit about karate. He just spends about a minute going, I'm a fat guy. Ugh. And then the <laughs> instructor breaks two boards with his head, looks at him. Edward looks back and he's like, yep, all right, well, that, I'm going to go, I guess. Go. <laughs> that sure was two stupid things that we did at each other. <laughs> you certainly used movie shorthand to convey nothing. 
I don't know if that guy's extra loyal to John Voight, so he's like mad at you for badmathing your dad, or if he's just a karate weirdo who's like trying to intimidate you because that's all he knows how to do. <laughs> we don't know. Or yeah, like John mentioned, maybe he's mad at this guy for impugning karate as, yeah. as a concept. He's like, how dare you say karate is dumb? Don't speak ill of karate in my presence. I'm Karate Steve. <laughs> Uh um also Karate Steve has a bandage on his arm as has been observed by the dog a couple of times already right where uh he bit the guy with the mask so that's our red herring for the movie is that everyone thinks that Karate Steve This guy Wolfgang Wolfgang his real name's Wolfgang but I'm calling him Karate Steve um is is the guy who killed his master Yes Uh now we get to the point where they the uh Fowler and the dog break into the kennel cl- uh, again it's a dog track yep. They break into a dog track where they have to investigate the high-tech server room by crawling through the giant air ducts and doing the Mission Impossible routine. Yeah, they're like, oh, there's a huge lab in this kennel club, so I guess I'll go in there in a disguise Mm -hmm. and shove a dog into the vents and then drop the dog in, who will then insert a CD into a computer and that will get me the information I need. It says it'll download it. So I hope he's inserting in a CDRW into a CDK, a writing capable drive. Thing is he pulls the dog back after they just put the thing in there. So I'm like, it's not like you went back in and got the disc. You must've, Oh, it's a hack program. And it's like, Oh yeah, I, I made it download to my computer, I guess. But when he shows up later at the chief and it's like, I have evidence and has it on a CD. You're like, did you, did you go back for that? When did that happen? Yeah. What is happening I here? I mean, it kind of makes sense because it, it, even though he's like, pull me up, pull me up. Um, the dog only gets pulled up to the roof and not it back into the air duct. So maybe he just lets him back down after everyone leaves the room again. Cause literally what happens is this room is empty. 40 people walk in. Uh, Jean Voigt gives a 30 second speech and then everyone walks right back out again. Yeah. And the other thing that happens here that I found awesome was he gets shoved into the air ducts. We get the six jokes about his balls. Um, he crawls through a couple different corners and like 35 feet of air ducts, drops in to do the Mission Impossible routine, and he's just hanging there, and he gets onto his dog radio, radios Fowler, and is like, Fowler, you've got to swing me back and forth, Fowler. I'm just hanging in the middle. And I'm like, dude, you are around several corners and about 35 feet of like straight lines. Yeah, swinging is up to you right now, how, my dude. How is he going to swing you on the other end of this rope? Yeah. You got to spin me around, Fowler. That's not a... You, you I'm mean, facing the wrong way, Fowler. You're going it. in circles instead of back and forth. <laughs> it's like, yeah, because there's no way he has any control over your situation. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they, they steal the secret of, of Lot 99. The announcement that we get as well is uh, Voight comes in and is like, well, everyone, I uh, I, I need to tell you Lot 99 is uh, going to go ahead because we've been doing human testing. I've been taking lot 99 for the past six months and uh you can see uh, i'm i'm very healthy yeah he shows a picture of older john voight and he's like see i used to look like an older john voight now i, I look, look like i used to look like john voight now but now i look like john voight in 2004 yeah <laughs> i used to look like regular john voight now i look like john voight with a crazy amount of foundation on us yuck <laughs> Um, the other thing is on the walk up, the two kids are like the, uh, his children are, they're, they're talking about how they just canceled trial four cause it's causing the dogs to age rapidly and die. Yeah. So they're like, yeah, we can't move to the next level. We can't even move to the next level of dog testing. It's murdering the dogs. And then Voight's like, I took, I've been taking it for six months and nothing bad will happen. I say nothing bad will happen to me. You hear me, son? <laughs> <laughs> Got a cold cob in your ears, boy. <laughs> 
Uh, and yes, he shows up to the police station is like, I have proof that they've been testing experimental drugs and I guess cheating at their own racetrack by taking money that they already made. He really wants someone else to point that out. Like, uh, that's their money. Why would they do that? That's very dumb. <laughs> but yeah, he puts the CD in a machine. He's like, this will prove everything. And instead it's a cartoon. John Voight pops up and is like, I say, I say you done stole my data, boy. You done stole my data. I'm going to blow up your computer and any computer around it in a 20 foot radius. You see. In your newfangled computing uh, device. A three, two, uh, one. And then, and then everything has sparks fly out of it. And they're like, oh, Fowler, you're almost fired, stupid police union. Uh, uh, everyone gets mad at him. Instead of being like, well, wait a minute. Uh, why would this dude who owns a dog track need like some kind of high-end black eye security, which features a cartoon of himself? Yeah, that's weird. But no one cares no, because he's... Mad at Fowler. He's got rich ability, and so, you know, John Voight is above being questioned or oh, anything. you know what else happens during that scene where they invade the uh, the, the facility? Mm -hmm. When they're leaving, the uh, Chocho spots Wolfgang driving away, Karate Steve, driving away from the scene, sees the bandage, and is like, that's where I bit that guy. That's the guy that killed my, da my dad. Well, I'm driving your car! And then he drives the car. Now... I want to say that this is a scene where we learned that um, someone knew that Fowler was here and cut his brake lines. Yes. Uh, except the movie never confirms that. And no. instead, the brakes just don't work. So everyone has to jump out of his car so it can drive into a lake. Yeah. So, oh, oops. My, this ca car got totaled by a driving dog. Isn't that funny? And you're like, no, nah, not really. Well, the thing that the dog does not drive, but it's still like I'm hitting the brake and nothing's happening. I'm just going to jump out of your car because the brake is doing nothing. The accelerator's stuck and it won't work. Yeah, and the brake does nothing. And I'm like, so it's sabotage? Like someone knew you came through and sabotaged the car to kill you? It'd be useful information if we learned that at some point. Like, yeah, if you after took this to the garage and they were like, looks like someone cut your brake line or whatever. Yeah, but instead... Nothing happens, so we're never sure if it's just slapstick dog drive or intentional attempt to murder Fowler. Nope. Just nothing. We'll never know. <laughs> uh, now we have to do the date. I mean, we already talked about the date. Uh, it's true. We talked about the date enough. The date happens. The dog has an earpiece. He's like, he sees a hot poodle go by because, again, if there's a dog cliche, movie cliche, this movie has it. So it, when he sees a poodle, he's like, ooh, you must be a hot piece of tail. Ooh, I'd like to mount you. And I'm like, so are poodles female or? Yep, that's the thing. That's dog shorthand. <laughs> that's movie dog shorthand. Poodles are sexy ladies. That's it. That's yeah. all there is to and it. And if there's two sexy lady dogs in the movie, one of them is a high maintenance poodle and the other one is a down to earth collie. And you're going to end <laughs> up with the collie because the poodle is a bitch. <laughs> Uh, Call me Hollywood. I know how to write talking dog movies. That's right. Mm -hmm. And of course, I hate cats. I, yeah, oh, right. He has, he has during that. And restaurant it's not routine. just I hate cats because, you know, cats are my enemies. It's I have conspiracy theories about cats. And I think cats were like there at the JFK assassination. He thinks cats started World War Two. Yeah. The dog has all these weird conspiracies about cats. Yes. Um, you think Oswald acted alone? There was a cat there. Okay. Yeah. He's like, but cats are lazy and they don't do anything. And I'm like, well, except assassinate presidents, apparently. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. And start World War II. Well, you know, racism just goes both ways. <laughs> you're lazy and you don't do anything, but you're always out here destroying stuff. Stealing my job so you can't do it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we get through that and 
eventually we get to the point where he's like, all right, now I've, I've really got to go in. Now that my evidence has blown up computers and everyone hates me, I'm going to try and get back into there. But this time I'm going to take Jamie Presley with me. Mm-hmm. And she is <laughs> shows up to his house after the whole uh, debacle with the blowing up the computers mm-hmm. and is like, my dude. I, I want to help you. And I, you know, I thought I wanted to be a detective because my grandfather was a detective and my dad was a detective. And I forgot why I became a cop in the first place to help the status quo and to shoot this dog. <laughs> Her actual line is to stop bad people from hurting good people and also save animals. Yeah. But I really wanted it to be like, well, my grandfather was a detective and my father was a detective. And I feel like I've forgotten why I wanted to be a police officer in the first place. It's to be a detective. <laughs> I feel like if they'd had that line, the movie would have been better. No, but she's been trying. She's, you know, every time we see her, she's like, oh, I'm training for the detective test, but I haven't been able to make it so far and whatnot. Yeah. But at this point, she's like, well, I see that the male protagonist is in trouble, so my dream should really go on the back burner, and I should help you do what you need. Hopefully, I'll get captured and motivate you to do more things. <laughs> uh, and indeed she is as they for the third time go to this kennel club to try and now steal the actual formula itself like paprita did at the beginning and mm-hmm. go get that secret of the use shit but this time it turns out obviously that this whole place has cameras all over it and has the whole time and so the moment they get to the premises she gets inside and gets captured and tied up uh fowler meanwhile gets confronted by john voight outside the building along with the other cops who he has called and he's like look this guy this was like the third time he's shown up on our property i think he's obsessed with me or he thinks i did something i just i don't know what i I don't want him around anymore there's he has no evidence about anything but he keeps showing up and does the Keeps breaking in, so you need to tell him to get the fuck out, and drastic measures need to be taken. Yeah, and uh, in a thing that only worked in 2004, and not a second longer, uh, the cops believed the word of anybody who was not a cop over anybody who was. Oh, well, he's rich. (laughs) That's fair. There's a level of Trump that happens here, where you're like, ah, rich person trumps (laughs) a cop. That's fair. That is fair. But then immediately as well, they're like... Oh, and uh, here's those dog catchers from before. And even though you have taken ownership of this dog. And you're not under arrest. And you're not like going to jail. He's just like, we're going to kill that fucking dog. And he's like, that's my dog now. I have taken ownership. And no, that's my dog. What what are you doing? They're like, nope, we're just going to take this dog. He's, I guess, under arrest or something. Well, they're just going to go gas him. Yeah. There's like, and there's no question about it. They're just like. The, the, the uh, guy shows up and he's like, this is for making me look stupid, dog. And the cops are holding Fowler back when he's like, that's my dog. Let go of the dog. And they're like, oh, don't you dare try and save your dog. Stupid nerd. We're going to let him kill your dog. <laughs> what the fuck is happening right now? Well, dog catchers, Trump cops. That's just number one. Yeah, it they- goes dog catchers, rich people, mm-hmm. cops, yeah. everyone else. Yeah, and... Uh- <laughs> And no one shall impede the duty of a dog catcher to catch and kill owned dogs. Uh, but if a dog catcher is not available, a cop will kill owned dogs. Just, you know, it, so it's that way. The most important function of civilization, murdering people's dogs is, is consistently taken care of by someone at some level. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Fowler ends up showing back up to the pound that this uh, dog catcher has taken this dog to. And like, yeah, after his computer gives him a pep talk and tells him he has to go do stuff. Yeah. Lori Petty is like, Hey, you, you should go get your dog and I'm an AI. Save. <laughs> Once again, we are bearing the lead that I am a fully cognizant AI. Uh, hey, 
You want me to go hack into a system here? I'm on it, and I've done it, and let's go look at every single system. Yeah, so he's just sitting around the house moping because everything's been taken away from him, Uh, and Lori Petty is the computer pops up, and it's like, look at this footage. It's your would be your girlfriend if you had eyes and ears uh jamie presley and she's tied up in a warehouse he's like oh now i'm mad i need to go get my dog back and and the computer's like yes you do duh (laughs) i need to instead of taking this evidence to the police and have them go raid the place yeah you think nothing would get this done faster than being like look a tied up cop in a warehouse yeah they'd be like well fuck now we got to get all the that 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 calls for all the equipment yeah but no he's like ah i know we'll solve this problem breaking in for a fourth time with my dog (laughs) and so he goes to get his dog and is like hey dog catcher i've got a weird giant cgi bull terrier here and he doesn't like dog catchers yeah like he's got a fucking yeah he's got a a a bull terrier the size of a horse named named hannibal and he's like hey dog catcher meet hannibal he doesn't like dog catchers like where the fuck did you get that thing? It wasn't at the party. And the only person who can talk to who could have translated for you. So this dog would, this giant dog would help you is the dog in jail that you needed to rescue. Yeah. Again, the movie's just like, no, apparently Fowler has been touched by the dog and now can speak dog and dogs care what he says. Yeah. And then he, obviously he also knows where a horse sized dog is. Yep. Just knows and where one is and is able to have him come along. Yeah. And he's like, well, Giant dog, I need you to come with me. Oh, why? Oh, I need you to scare a dog catcher. Then I'm going to leave you there with the dog catcher. I hope he doesn't like... I'm going to take all the other animals that are in cages yeah. there, but leave you there. You need to stay there uh, so that eventually more dog catchers can show up and kill you. Uh, I-, I hope that plan works for you. <laughs> uh, so they... Fowler takes all the dogs that he springs and goes to... Dog uh, springs eternal, John. <laughs> Oh, Dog Springs. I love that place. <laughs> but yeah, Cage, uh, our John Voight bad guy, is having a ca- press conference for the new L99 supplement that's going into all of his, like, dog food and breakfast cereals and everything else that he makes. He has and- this whole impassioned speech about how d- people are going to live forever and no one... Because w- he apparently is an orphan. Oh, yeah. Well, here's the thing. He is also going crazy because yeah. uh, unlike dogs, which get hyper-aggressive on uh, Lot 99, mm-hmm. he instead just goes cartoonishly insane. Yeah. To, there is a scene where yeah, he... Yeah, skip that scene. He is out at night on his own dog track announcing into a imaginary microphone he is holding the dogs that he is putting into the various uh, starting mm-hmm. blocks. He's he he a bunch of goons loading dogs into the things. He's like, oh, ducks to number three. It's Dosey Doe. She's been off her feed lately, but I bet she'll be fast tonight. And finally gets to the end where his son comes up and is like, Dad, there's problems. And you lot, can't take, it's going to kill know, you. Lot 99 is dangerous and it's killing dogs. And he's like, oh, nonsense, son. Why? It, it's made me healthier than I've ever been, and I feel great. And uh, anyway, I got to finish this up here. Hold my microphone and hands him an invisible microphone. In number eight, it's me. It crawls cr- into crawls. the fucking starting block for these dogs. And then they play the little like ding, ding, and the race starts. And he just runs out of there. Now, I was assuming we would get a CG yeah. voice on all fours running with dogs 
but instead it is way better mm-hmm. because it is regular John Voight doing a regular slow old man run. Yeah, he just ambles on out of there. And in order that the dogs don't just run past him, they're also still leashed in there. So the shot shows a bunch of dogs jump out and get stuck because they're leashed. And he just kind of goes, oh, I'm going to do a little yeah, bit of running. running. I'm doing a light Come jog. Come on, dogs. Come let's on, go. Doggies. And then they let the dogs loose and the dogs are going 80 times faster than him. So they cut before the dogs catch up to him as they are clearly about to do. Yeah. It's the funniest fuck. And this movie is not afraid to use shitty CGI. No, it's all over the place. Honestly, in the scene where he takes, the next thing where he takes all the dogs to this press conference, for no reason at all, when the dogs come running into the room, about half of them are CG for mm-hmm. some reason, and the other half are just dogs they let loose. Well, my favorite CG shot in the movie, and this is counting the two karate fights and the Matrix parodies, is when they're all driving there in the stolen dog catcher van, and the uh, and Chocho looks back at the at the dogs in the van to see how they're doing, and they have added a digital sliding back and forth to simulate that the road is is bumpy as they drive, but all the dogs just sort of move and to the left and right as if they were all highlighted with a Photoshop, and they were pressing the left and right arrows. Oh yeah, it's basically we took a picture of some dogs sitting there, and then. Like use a nudge of, tool. Use transparency to get rid of the background, and then went nit 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 nudge back forth back forth. There we go. It was so bad that it was the one part of the movie. I was like, I gotta see that again. I I, I gotta watch that. I gotta watch that again. I, I didn't I didn't rewind the standing on all fours dog conga line at the party. I didn't rewind either of the karate fights. But the shot of the twenty or thirty dogs sitting in the in the uh, kennel wagon, I had to see it twice. The unmoving dog photograph that they interposed onto the back of a truck. It had all the motion range of like a lenticular folder cover from the 80s. <sighs> but yeah, they scare away a bunch of people at the press conference right as uh, son Edward comes out and he's like, my father's all tied up right now. Because he doesn't... He, uh, while the the daughter turns into a sympathetic character who wants to rescue everybody. Um, we already mentioned, we didn't mention that uh, they managed to break Jamie Presley out of the building. Uh, she does a karate fight to defeat the evil Wolfgang character. Well, yeah, because uh, like the sister, the scientist who came up with this, Jamie Presley is like, you're just a scientist. You don't want any part of this. You're now part of like kidnapping and dog murder and your dad's going to die. And, and it's not just kidnapping. It's kidnapping a cop. You're, you're fucked if you don't help me here. And she's like, all right, Wolfgang, I order you to let her go. And then Wolfgang's just like, karate kick, ha-ha, I'm ah, bad. Loyalty, but no words. And then Jamie Presley kicks his ass. And, and is like, oh, no, this bandage was hiding a burn, not a bite. Yeah, it's because the bite is actually on, obviously, John Voight. Um, he's been using karate drugs for, for weeks, so he's excellent at karate. Um, but the son is a lifer. He's fully dedicated to the cause. Even as his father walks out on stage with visible, terrifying boils all over his face, visibly confused. Yeah. Walks out, shaking, covered in boils, and just like rambling, basically giving a Trump speech, mm-hmm. just going nowhere. Yeah. And then uh, it's, uh, Lester does everything he can to get his dad off the stage. He's like, ha ha, okay, everybody, yeah, look for L99. Come on, dad, we gotta go. <laughs> but they're also, of course, scared because here come 300 CGI dogs. Yeah. And one cat. Because the hush puppy cat from the uh, from the fucking dog pound, that one back and forth line, is now a character. And the cat is like, hey, dog, uh, I'll let you know that the guy you're looking for just went up the elevator. And he's like, thanks, cat. You're all right for a cat. And she's like, yeah, I'm 
I might have sex with you, dog. Yeah, literally, she has the same line as that fucking Greyhound from earlier in the movie. We get two, why don't you come up and see me sometimes in this movie? Uh, good lord. Whew. But yeah, the basically the dog chases, because uh, Fowler's out of commission. I think he gets knocked down or something. So the dog chases John Void up to the roof. Uh, when he kicks his way through the door to get at John Voight, he knocks Ron Lester's character Edward unconscious, which is fine because otherwise Edward would see this battle between a dog and John Voight. Yeah. Where they have a little bit of karate fighting, including Chocho using his ultimate technique of jumping at someone and licking their face yeah, a lot. Yeah, my ultimate technique, the- super lick. Yes. And the part where John Voight gets knocked into a trash can and comedically throws stuff at the dog, which he matrix dodges. It's the bullet scene. Yeah, but they don't just do, like, a bullet time thing for, oh, he's dodging, like, a sink and a hubcap, which for some reason was thrown away on a giant dumpster on the roof of a building. <laughs> That's a weird place to put a dumpster. But How's also, the truck going to get up there? I know. I'm like, this is a big industrial dumpster on the roof of a building that people have thrown sinks and hubcaps into, which is a weird thing altogether. But even beyond that, they also do the bullet time motion thing for him throwing stuff yes so like now both of them are doing the like oh we pressed fast forward and i'm just like oh oh, 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 there's no way to make john voight throwing things look impressive and without doing something so they're just like just do it at your regular speed john voight he's like okay and like picks up you know john voight away a piece of paper or some newspapers yeah and they're like well if we make that go really fast and add an echo trail and stuff it might look okay maybe and (laughs) no But None yeah. of it looks okay. It turns Fowler- out that fucking the dog can rain vertically up walls. Yeah, no. Fowler was saving Presley during this point. Oh, that's, yeah, because he comes bursting in towards the end of the fight. Yes. But there's a big fight. The fucking dog wins the kung fu fight against Cage, who at the very end of it ends up electrocuting himself and it- is like, you think you've won? Well, you have. And, and falls fall- down. Yeah, uh, just in time for uh, Fowler to come running in and be like, oh my god, the dog, are you okay, dog? Oh, dog, you won. You did it, dog. We yeah. did it. Yeah, now, as that's happening, uh, Edward wakes up and is like, you done hurt my daddy, and pulls a gun in slow motion to try and shoot at them. Uh, the dog jumps to take the bullet, and then Presley comes in and does a comedy fat guy pratfall move to throw Ron Lester to the ground. Yes. Uh, leaving Fowler as the person who did nothing the entire movie, as far as I can tell. But the end of the movie is him getting a medal for being a cool, good guy who uncovered a conspiracy to give people weird drugs. Yeah, and now all the detectives love him, and they shout out his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, before they wouldn't let him play in any detective games. Yeah. <laughs> But he's like, oh, I, you know, I, I don't deserve this. The real hero, I wish he could be here. And then he comes out of an ambulance. Uh, mostly just an excuse to show a shot of uh, Jamie Presley's miniskirt legs. Yeah, because she not, like, I thought for sure the end of this was going to be like, oh, Jamie Presley is now also a detective or something. Nope. She shows up not even in uniform and is just like, hey, uh, my job in this was to go get your dog. I'm mm-hmm. in regular civilian clothes. I think she's still cop. She's cop up top and and stripper on the bottom because she's wearing, I, I assume, a regulation beat cop miniskirt. <laughs> it's a pencil miniskirt, so you know it's serious. Uh, 
Uh, but yeah, she walks him up and they're like, it's Chocho. Now, this er- is the real hero. Yeah. Now, earlier in the movie, there was a point where he was like, how come you made me look bad when I, I told everybody you could talk and you didn't? And he was like, so, uh, he was like, Fowler, if you solve this case, I'll sing a love song to a cat in front of the whole department. Yeah. And now he does. And so the end of the movie is Chocho with three other dogs, one on upright bass, one on keys, and one on drums as he sings Chantilly Lace from the Big Bopper to the white cat that was previously there. Who, who doesn't have any more lines, just sitting there. Just lying down on a stool somewhere. Just allowing this, and he and he does all of Chant, uh, of Chantilly Lace. So we get the whole, we get the whole beginning of it. He's like, hello, baby. You what? Oh, uh, what? Yeah. Oh, baby. You know what I like. Except instead of doing it like that, he just sounds like Chevy Chase phoning this song, and he's like, you what? I what? Yeah, it's a really bad take of Chantilly Lace. I'm like, you know, there's like... Three full scenes where we acknowledge and have this dog singing, and Chevy Chase is not the person you want to have singing for this because he's not very good at it. Yeah, I don't know if maybe I don't. Know, I've never seen a Chevy Chase singing thing. So I mean, I, he has done singing in other things, and I know that he was like, "Oh yeah, I'm pretty good at this." But one, he is very old now, and two, he did not give a fuck in this i mean grant this was 18 years ago so he might not have been quite as old as he is now uh, he's pretty old <laughs> but but yeah it, it ends on him singing chantilly lace to a cat and it's it's awful and the entire police department is there says nothing at first and is just stunned that there are dogs talking and playing musical instruments mm-hmm And then their response is to get into it and start dancing like it was the end of a fucking DreamWorks film. (laughs) And like everybody's favorite song in the world is fucking Chantilly Lace. They're like, I love this song. Oh, shit. I play this song all the fucking time. I'm not like everybody in the world who knows the first six bars of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fucked up. I constantly think about the Big Bopper as a musical act and not just as an airplane death statistic. <laughs> not not just as one of those three people that died. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's the end of the movie. Why? Why is this movie? <laughs> yeah, like I can't even, like, I know what we were describing just now sounded bad, but we are alighting all of the spoken gags, all of the just... I'm a dog. I should. I'm sniffing butts. Type jokes that are and the 90% of this all the time. Yes, all the time with like, hey, we know like five dog jokes, and we're gonna have the dog say them. We're gonna have the human say them to the dogs, mm-hmm. and you're just like, okay, I get it. I understand. Sc- screenwriters only have the five dog jokes, and they never stop telling them. Yeah, it's sniff butts, hate cats, <laughs> chase cars, <laughs> neutered. Yeah. <laughs> Good at smelling. And then, here we go. Here's all our jokes. Want to eat gross things. And that's that's all. Ugh. So, uh, yeah, let's let's go ahead and end this episode out. Jeff, we're going to do our, uh, our favorites and least favorites. Why don't you tell me the favorite thing you had in The Karate Dog? Uh, or... Jo- karate dog john voight's performance he's having a good (laughs) he's at least having a good time like it's clear so god bless him at least someone's having a good time because john voight every time we cut back to him he's a little less sane a little more unhinged and goofy he keeps doing towards the end of the movie he's just constantly flipping everywhere instead of walking yeah like it's just it's just a fun performance even if it's stupid as fuck it's true 
100% accurate. Yeah, so when you're watching, like, ah, at least this guy's having a good time. Yeah, John Voight coming out just being weird, and they're like, hey, man, just do whatever you want. We don't care. Like, when I saw that the movie's title build character or actor was John Voight, I was like, ah, fuck. Because I'm used to him having been in nothing but, like, this kind of shit and faith-based movies for the past, like, 20 years. It's got something to do with his agent. Apparently, his agent is deeply connected to both faith-based films and to direct-to-DVD schlock shit, which is why he's become synonymous with this kind of garbage. Huh. But when I first saw that, I was like, I was like, ah, oh, fucking John Voight. Fuck, man, no. But in this one, he still, like, cares. I mean, again, they were just like, hey, man, just have fun. Yeah. You do whatever you want to do. Because everyone else is very clearly like, eh, all right, I guess I'll do this. And he's like, you want me to get into a fucking starter block for a dog race? I love it. Yeah, like, I know, and before people pointed out to me, he's like, oh, you can't say John Voight's favorite part because he's like a virulent Republican and and shit now. I know, but he was also the part of the movie that was like the most energetic. It was the only part that wasn't just dog jokes. And, you know, in any other situation, I will line up to cast the first stone at John Voight. Great. I will murder John Voight. (laughs) Allow me to murder John Voight. If I see John Voight and there's a toilet nearby, I will drown John Voight in a toilet. If I meet the Voight on the road, I will murder him. (laughs) Allegedly. Uh, I will probably not actually murder John Voight. Please Please. arrest Jeff. (laughs) I bear no ill will to John Voight. All of this was satire. John, what was your favorite part of the movie? (laughs) I mean... Honestly, it's it's probably John Voight. The the end of the movie, John Voight, where he gets to just act like an absolute madman, is the only delight of this film. And what else are you going to like? The nothing that they give uh, Simon Rex to do? He just, he's just the main character in a talking dog oh, movie. Oh, he is the most bland, I am a main protagonist guy who's like, I don't have anything that I care about. You'd think I would be huge into computers because I made a fucking AI. Nope, don't care. Don't, don't, don't care I about that. I have no personality outside of, but my dog. <laughs> yeah, I like Jamie Presley a lot, but in this movie, she has nothing to do but be good at karate and want to have sex with the main character. She's not even good at karate. She just has one scene where she kicks a guy. <laughs> but that guy was good at karate. So by the transitive properties. <laughs> we only know that guy's good at karate because he kicked and... Actually, he didn't even kick. He, he just head-butted. headbutted boards. That's true. He might just have a very hard head. Well, John, I have it on good authority that his name is Karate Steve. <laughs> but that's his Christian name. <laughs> uh, worst thing in the movie for you. Pick um, one thing. One scene. Give me one uh, oh, thing. Just a scene? All right. I'll go with uh, the scene that was driving me the most nuts, which was the uh, the dinner talking over oh, the microphone yeah. the Cyrano one the Cyrano routine because it was just dumb and it didn't belong here like it wasn't it wasn't what this movie was set up for this well mo- it's the intersection of two hack bits coming together yes it's it's a combination of talking animal no one can know and Cyrano de Bergerac dinner put this earpiece in and, and you can impress the girl and it was like why are we doing an impress the girl routine and this is a crime drama or a crime comedy thing why do we have a scene where he's like, but I'm afraid of girls. And like, okay, first of all, we never established that. We didn't establish that you're a bumbling idiot. We didn't establish you're bad with women. Um, all of this move, this scene's uh, setup takes place in the 20 seconds before the scene starts. Yep. It is very weird. Yeah. It, it does not belong in the movie and it's terrible in the movie anyway. Yeah. It ends with him calling her a dog. Where he's like, you're the hottest dog I've ever seen. And she's like, how dare you? And she walks out. He's like, wait, I didn't mean that. You're not a dog. (laughs) Yep. 
That's it. That's that scene. <laughs> I hated it. What about you? What was your least favorite part? Oh, God. I mean... One of the CGI karate fights? Or... I want to say that probably the worst scene for me was the uh, the thing where he gets the bull terrier and gets the oh, yeah. dog catcher. Because it's completely nonsensical. I was like, what is... How did you get this dog? Why is this dog the size of a pony? What is happening... Yeah, like the the thing you'd think he would do is use any something anything that was set up previously in the film to deal with the dog catcher. Like either I can think of two things off the top of my head. One of the them ones is, from the party, if he was yeah. like, yeah, he shows up with the whole group from the party to get him, or if he just uses his ability to, uh, or, or if the dog himself uses the ability to like coordinate all the animals in the pound to scare the dog catcher, or. You know, like, he talks so he could be like, oh, I'm going to use the ability that I can talk to like yeah, toy make story. the dog t- catcher think he's going insane or something. Yeah, he'll do the Toy Story routine. So dogs are watching you, so play nice. Yeah, any of that would have been fine. Or, or he just goes like, hey, caller, hack that dog catching building and use it, like set off the sprinklers and shit and like make it so if he sits on the toilet, it electrocutes his dick. Just, you know. Because ca- we all know how you, electrodes are com- just, <laughs> connected to the toilet. Well, it's an AI. It can do literally anything. <laughs> So they're just like, hey, I do li- AI, do literally anything to that dog catcher. It's like, very good, sir. Electrocuting his dick on three. <laughs> uh, it's a good thing he had that Wi-Fi enabled electro dick collar. He's wearing a fucking Bluetooth cock cage because it's got nothing to do with his love of killing dogs. He's just into it. He's in no, a DS look, relationship. Look, that's just part of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... <laughs> He needs to be connected to Wi-Fi so that, you know, his wife can give him a little shock on the dick. Yeah, to that's remind him that for what's waiting at home when he gets home. That's it's just a Bluetooth thing. Look, it's fine. that's part of them, it's and just, they do them. It's and In fact, that makes it really bad form that, that the caller uh, takes advantage of his sex life to shock his dick repeatedly until he releases all the dogs in the kennel. But there's desperate times, man. <laughs> also, we need close-up shots of it happening. Obviously. Yeah. So uh, anyway, yeah, good la- good least favorite thing. It's stupid. Yeah. A terrible CGI giant dog comes into the movie for no reason. It is a weird thing to do. Yes. Anyway, uh, let's go ahead and rate this. We're each going to rate it from zero to five to give the movie a full rating out of ten. Jeff, what do you rate <laughs> Karate Dog? One. <laughs> I've kind of I've kind of got a, a structure now for the bottom of my, my the list because we see so many of them. Zero is this was not even a movie. This was something else. We made a mistake. Mm-hmm. And point five is not only was this not a movie or, or was this a terrible movie, but it was like an actively offensive movie in some way. Like it was yeah. ra- it was racist or it had constant rapes in it or made rape into a good thing. We've seen that a couple of times. Yeah. One is the movie isn't offensive, but it's got no redeeming characteristics. Ah. So that's my one, and that's what this is getting. Great. Uh, I'll pr- I'll probably give this a I'll give it a one point five. It's not you. I usually save my one and below for things that are offensively bad, and I'm like, this was not offensively bad, but it was in no way good. Uh, yeah, that's fair. You can give it a one point five for absolute shit if you if that if that's your shit that's level, my scale. That's okay. I mean, ultimately, you have no capacity for mean the way I do. It's true. My mean reserves are are much deeper. But that gives us a two point five out of ten. Basically, the same rating it has on IMDb. Do not seek this out. Just don't. You can't find it for free anywhere. We both had to pay two dollars. That's right. The only people who have it are Google. Uh huh. I watched it on YouTube for $2. Which is owned by Google. Yeah, that's right. So, 
don't watch this. It's really bad. Yep. Now, of course, if you want some more of us talking about things that are really bad, we have TV Mastery. You can head on over to patreon.com slash system mastery. Yep. And Join are- us at the $5 level, and we've got... TV Mastery, we just finished up our last season of that, where we were talking about cartoons made from weird R-rated properties. Yeah, we're all done. Apologies to those of you who were desperately hoping we would do Highlander or Mortal Kombat, but we saw everything we wanted to. Yes. And it's too late. I've seen it all. Yeah. Um, so we are moving on to an exciting new season. I can't wait. I am I am so stoked about this new season. It's an even stupider premise. Yeah. Now, I, I had this premise... Before we started The Flying Nun, but I gave up on it because I didn't... Uh, oh, because you were foiled by the the length of episodes that you didn't know about? Oh, no. Oh, oh, okay. Different premise. I'm sorry. The premise that we are doing for oh, now. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Which is... Are we uh, going to announce it now? Yeah, yes. sure. Okay. We are doing TV shows that were canceled after one episode or, for some, a two-episode premiere. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, there is a chance that a lot of these... We will not be able to find it because there was one that I wanted to start us out with mm-hmm. that literally is impossible to find. And like websites that go out of their way to find and, you know, categorize and get stuff is, do not have it. They have record of the show, but they're like, nope, doesn't exist. Yeah, until it shows up on someone's VHS tape. And if it's from a show from like prior to 1980-ish or something, no one would have a home VCR, so no one would have recorded it anyway. No, this was a, I think, early 2000s, late 90s Animal Planet sitcom called Beware of Dog. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, okay. There is nowhere to find it. And I was like, oh, we'll get another talking dog thing to go with Mm, karate dog. But it is literally scoured from existence and no one has it. (laughs) But there are still a lot of stuff like this stuff that was that was immediately apparent to be a disaster. The moment it hit actual airwaves, uh, someone didn't stop the broadcast in time. And there is one or two episodes that exist in the world. And we are going to start. We are starting on the high note, in my personal opinion, on the how did you even get one episode of this, which is. Heil, honey, I'm home, the Adolf Hitler sitcom. (laughs) So if you want to watch or hear about the single episode of a sitcom that is basically honeymooners honeymooners with Hitler, then then, uh, why don't you join us at the $5 level and we will go into the greatest of detail. Yep. So can't wait for you to join us there. And, of course, we would love it if you could give us a nice rating or a review wherever you're listening to this. Just hand us a good old five-star, because like everyone knows nowadays, Mm -hmm. it's either a five-star or don't rate, because anything else fucks up all algorithms. That's correct. Oh, and one more little bit of uh, kind of house business. We are now, I know this was like three years ago now, but remember when we were planning to... um move from per episode to monthly on our Patreon. Yeah, and we even announced at one yeah, point. because they asked us to. They were like, start getting your people ready. So we were like, fine, we'll make a big announcement. I put a bunch of stuff all over the newsletters and the Twitter and the Discord and in the episodes. Well, guess what happened? Uh, whoever contacted us and was like, hey, guys, we're going to move you from per month to per thing, went to their spreadsheet and was like, no, these guys don't want that. <laughs> Yeah, and, and then the they just button and fucked us over. And then they just never contacted us. And then like a, a few months ago, someone asked whatever happened with that. I emailed them and I got a response of like, I don't know what that program is. And I was like, man, that must have gotten really fucking buried then. And it turned out, no, it didn't. It was a rousing success. And they just put us down for no, 
Well, now we're going to start putting it to yes. So pretty soon, all of the times we say $5, we're meaning 10 but it'll be once per month and not twice per month, but not twice fives. Yeah. So that way, you know, for sure, we aren't charging you anything more for an episode. Mm -hmm. It's just very flat. The numbers are going to go up, but ultimately for every one of the person who's pledging, um, it's the same amount that you are giving us. It yep. just shows different. In it's numbers. just dependable. You won't have two months out of the year where you're accidentally paying us for three episodes or something. Yep. Um, we're, we're doing this for dependability, uh, and for stability. So, so there you go. For you. We're doing it for you. Lots of lots of stuff there. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for joining us. We will, of course, be back in another couple weeks with more Movie Mastery. And until then, you have a good one. <laughs>